to connect uh, with those who, who were there um, but I just want to I, I was praying about it and just felt to encourage you just in some salvation truths uh, which are, are, are things that you continuously hear but for those who are, are, are newcomers it's important that you know this and for those who are old comers it's important that you hear it again and again and again there's no new message really it's important that we hear the same things again and again. If you ever start hearing something completely different, that's when you should start wondering what's going on. Because uh, 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 the message is the same. And I'll show you a verse for that now in a bit. But let's go to Colossians chapter 1. You know, the, the reality of our Christian life is much more than ticking a box, I'm a Christian. It's much more than uh, uh, just coming to church or going to church. We found lots of people in Shurugi that uh, are not interested in church anymore because uh, of the state of the church there. Yeah, and that the same can be said in, in Harare, the same can be said in Cape Town. Lots of people are fed up with church. They don't want church. And so church is important, but it's not the aim. What is the aim? It's Jesus. And so we want to give people Jesus and then they become part of the family. And church uh, needs to be done right. Amen? But the reality of our Christian life is uh, it's the life of God that we now share and we experience. Colossians 1, 25 to 27 from uh, the New Living. It says, God has given me the responsibility of serving His church by proclaiming His entire message to you. And this is a problem in a lot of places is the, me the message is wrong. You know this. A lot of the time it's the message which is the problem and the message determines the culture of the, the church. The message determines the direction of the church. The message determines a lot and if the message is wrong, then what happens? The church isn't going to function in a healthy way. You know, by the way that we interacted, especially on the mission, you can see that we have a good message. We, I could see from the way that the team was interacting with each other and interacting with strangers on the street. You know, the message has impacted us and the message is healthy, so then the fruit is healthy. But a lot of the times, you know, there can be un, a, 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 an unhealthy message in a, in a house, in a church, and it produces unhealthy fruit. Sometimes there could just be individuals in a healthy church which are holding on to unhealthy messages. And then that can also produce unhealth, uh, 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 the wrong fruit, unhealthiness. But verse 26, this message was kept secret for centuries and generations past from Genesis to Malachi. This message was kept a secret, but now it has been revealed to God's people. Okay, I like how I think it's the King James says, has made manifest. I like the word manifest. It's ma you know, the, 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 the secret has been made manifest. When I say the word manifest, most Christians think of demons. demons. 
Okay, but when I say the word manifest, as believers, we should be thinking of manifesting the, the mystery. Manifesting what He's about to show us, what He's about to tell us. Okay, for God wanted them to know that the riches are and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret, this is the mystery. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing His glory. This is the secret. What? Christ lives in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay, this is the secret, this is the mystery, this is what was hidden and this is what is now made manifest to us. Made real, made apparent, made uh, 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 um, visible. Now you can experience this. It's no longer hidden. He's no longer a secret. It's something that you can tangibly experience because this is the reality of Christianity. Okay? Christ in us. Verse 28 from the Passion. <clears throat> and verse 29. It says, Christ is our message. So if, whenever there's a message and it's not about Christ or revealing Christ or revealing the goodness of Christ or revealing the nature of Christ, it's not the right message. I can take the Bible and I can preach many different messages. I can preach, let's be rapture ready. Amen? <laughs> and I can leave Jesus out completely. I can preach on uh, uh, the results of not tithing and how that would bring a curse on your life. And I can leave Jesus out completely. <laughs> I can preach on creation and leave Jesus out. I, just because someone's preaching Bible doesn't mean it's right. It could be right and you can find it in the Bible. But that just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean we preach it. The Bible's purpose is to point to Jesus and salvation in Him. And our purpose in preaching the message is always to reveal Jesus, not what the Bible says. Who the Bible reveals. So we're here to reveal Jesus and focus on... You're waking up nice and slow this morning. <laughs> it's become... Oh, let me read that again. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person to the full understanding of truth. It has become, and, and who is truth? Jesus. Jesus. So it's not just truth that uh, the floor is hard, <laughs> or water is wet. I scared Nicola off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, it's not just truth that is, like the, the, the sun is up today. It's Jesus is truth. So we're preaching Christ. We, we're preaching Jesus and helping people come to a full understanding of Jesus, which is truth. Okay, it's become my inspiration and my passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity, with His power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being His perfect one in Jesus Christ. So the focus of our ministry, the focus of the church, is always to preach Jesus, reveal Jesus. And show you how the moment you receive Jesus, you become one with Him. And now the, the mystery is now manifested in your life. The mystery has become apparent in your life. And now you can experience the goodness of God. You can experience the fullness of Christ. Amen? <coughs> so, this is also about today just revealing what is our potential. Because then if, I'm constant, if we're preaching Christ and revealing Christ, we're revealing our potential. By me telling you that 
You are uh, you have the 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 mystery now is no longer mysterious by me telling you that there's a secret that's no longer a secret to you to the unbeliever it's 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 maybe still secret <laughs> they haven't received yet but to us who are believers we know Christ lives in us okay and by me telling you that what am i doing i'm showing you your potential by me telling you Jesus lives in you i'm telling you your potential so what is your potential? Jesus. Your potential is Jesus because He's living in you. Okay? What life do you have in you? Do you have the life of a chicken? So chicken is not your potential. Chicken is your lunch. Amen? <laughs> Do you have the life of uh, Sadza in you? <laughs> Once again, Sadza is your lunch, it's not your life. But you have Christ in you. Christ is your life, which means Christ is your potential. Amen? Phil uh, we did this last week. Philemon. Philemon. 1 verse 6. There's only one chapter, but chapter 1, the only one, verse 6. That the fellowship or communion or communication... Of your faith may become effectual in the, 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 in the knowledge of every good thing which is in you in Christ. So what this is saying, I want to touch on it again, <coughs> is that your union with Christ will result in your faith bearing much fruit. Your union with Christ, when you know what that union has done to you, when you know what that union has produced in you, when you know what your relationship with Jesus has brought you, it will produce much fruit. That knowing is acknowledging. When you start to acknowledge, recognize what's in you in Christ Jesus because of your union with Him, it causes much fruit. I like how it says there, uh, which is in you. It links nicely with acknowledge. It is in you, meaning it's not going to get in you. It is in you. Acknowledge means it's not coming, it's come. It's there. And so there's many good things in us as believers which are there. And we need to learn to recognize this. We need to learn to acknowledge this. We need to come to a knowledge of it. Because the more we come to recognize it, what happens? The more our potential is revealed. The more we can walk in our potential, which is our purpose, our calling. Amen. <clears throat> There's many things we can say with that. For example, 1 John 5 verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus Christ is, uh, Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. So now this is saying we're born of God if we're believers. So this is showing us we've got the life of God in us. Okay? You don't have the life of a goat in you. You don't have the life of a chicken in you. You have the life of Christ. The life of God. Which means His DNA is in you. Who here is born of Satan? Stand up quick. <laughs> I was going to see if there's any Satanists in the room. <laughs> and then we would need some deliverance, right? You know, they're, 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 no one, none of us have the life of the devil. Yet some people act like they do. Why? Because they're more familiar with the devil and they talk more to him. Then they are familiar with God and they talk more to him, they're less to him than they do the devil. 
The more familiar you are with God, the better it is. I mean, we've got His DNA. You know, 1 John 4 verse 17. 1 John 4 verse 17. I know many of you know this. As He is, so are we in this world. As He is, so are we in this world. 1 John 4 17. You are just like Him right now. If you've received Christ, if you've said yes to Jesus, you are just like Him right now. You're not trying to be like Him. You're just like Him when? Right now. This side is saved. <laughs> For you to reach your potential as a believer. What's your potential? Jesus. For you to reach your potential as a believer, you have to see yourself as you truly are. You have to see yourself as you truly are. You know, all of us in the room have the potential to be, at some stage maybe of our lives, Olympic athletes. But to my knowledge, none of us have trained to, 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 to get ourselves there. See, even with, with um, uh, uh, reaching our potential in Christ, it takes some training. That's why God puts us in the body of Christ. That's why He puts us into church. So that leadership, the gifts of leadership which He gives to the church, are there to equip us for the work of the ministry. To equip us to reach our potential. To equip us and help us learn and grow through discipleship to be able to live like Jesus. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. I want to pull out a couple of things here quickly for us. From the, the Living Bible. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. All these new things are from God who brought us back to Himself through what Jesus Christ did. And God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into His favor and be reconciled to Him. For God was in Christ, restoring the world to Himself, no longer counting men's sin against them, but blotting them out. This is the wonderful message He has given us to tell others. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is using us to speak to you. We beg you as though God, as though Christ Himself were pleading with you. Receive the love He offers you. Be reconciled to God. For God took the sinless Christ and poured into Him our sins. Then in exchange He poured God's goodness into us. Now I want to pull out a couple things from this, this passage. Number one, you become a brand new person. The moment you receive Christ, you become a brand new person. The unbeliever doesn't have the life of God in them. The believer does. So you become completely new. But you need to see yourself as new. If you don't see yourself as new, you won't live yourself as new. Okay? That's good English because I said it. <laughs> okay? You're, 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 Jesus has come to live in you, in His fullness. Every believer, they mo the moment they receive Jesus Christ, if you read through those, those verses there, the moment that you receive Jesus Christ, you receive a message and you receive a ministry. And you receive a function. You receive a message, you receive a ministry, and you receive a function. 
Your message is the message of reconciliation. That God is not holding the world's sin against them. Okay? And that men should be reconciled. Come back to God. We receive a ministry. That's our ministry. To share this message. And we receive a function. What is your function? An ambassador of Christ. A representative of Christ. He now wants to speak through you. So you receive a calling. You receive a function in His kingdom. So nobody's ever called just to be a Christian. No one ever becomes a Christian to become a Christian. Meaning a churchgoer. No one ever is called to just become a churchgoer. Especially not a churchgoer just once or twice a year. The one church building there, in a, the, where we were having the outreach in town, just around the corner from where we were staying, they apparently use the building once or twice a year. That's pitiful. You know? I'll be praying that we can acquire that building, you know, because we could put it to better use. But uh, it's not about a building, but we don't, we're not born again to come together once or twice a year to celebrate Easter or Jesus' birthday. <laughs> we're not born again to come to church every Sunday, although that's good. We're born again be, and, and, and for a purpose. We're born again to have a relationship with God. We're born again to become His children. And then as His children, we become His representatives, His ambassadors. And as His ambassadors, we have a message and we have a ministry. We have a mission. But if you don't see yourself like this, you're not going to experience it. You're not going to be able to live up to your potential. See, what I read to you right now is your potential. It's your reality. But your reality is also your potential. If you don't know your reality, it's not reality for you. So you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. If you don't know that you're a new creation and you're trying to still become new, it's not really a something you're experiencing, even though it's true for you. You can't make it more true, but you can make it effectual in your life by acknowledging it. But if you don't acknowledge it, recognize it, receive it, you can never make it appear. Make it, uh, 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 have it as an experience in your life. Go to Colossians chapter 2. I want to read a couple of verses here. I want to start off just with verse 10. And you are complete in Him which is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in Him. So, anyone want to guess what the word complete means? <laughs> it's complete. It's complete. Okay? It's complete. Just like looking around the room, everyone's limbs are attached. You're complete. In a sense of your limbs aren't hanging around over there and here and there, everywhere, you're, you're complete. Okay, but what I'm trying to show you is that you're complete. But so many Christians, even if they've been saved for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years and going on, they still don't believe they're complete. They're trying to be made complete. But you've got to see yourself as complete. You've got to acknowledge, recognize and perceive your completeness in Christ 
so that you can live from completeness. If you don't recognize, acknowledge and perceive your uh, uh, completeness in Christ, your perfection in Christ, you cannot live from that place. You will live from a place of deficiency. You will live from a place of depletion. You will feel cracked. You will feel dry. You will feel weary. You will feel like giving up. But if you recognize, perceive and acknowledge your uh, completeness, your perfection in Christ, then you're able to live in that potential. Because that's your potential. Okay, go to verse 6. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 2. Ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. <clears throat> as ye have, as is cut out in my notes. As ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. The same way you receive Jesus, now walk in Him. <coughs> Rooted and built up in Him. I don't like how the New Living puts that one. How does it say? Let your roots go deep down into Him or something. Uh, it, puts the, the, it makes it seem like a, there's something still more to do. And yes, we need to be established. But this is, this is the, you've got to see the picture of what is in your life. Okay, rooted, built up in Him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. The Passion puts that and says, In the same way you receive Jesus our Lord, the Messiah by faith, continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with Him. You are one with Him. You are one with Him. You are filled with His presence, filled with His power, filled with His love. That is your reality right now. But you might not be experiencing that reality because you're not perceiving that reality. You're not acknowledging that reality. You're maybe not even aware of that reality. That's why you come to church so you can hear about that reality. So that you can live at that reality. But the Christian life here, we're encouraged to progress further into our union with Him. It's like a married couple. A married couple. A, a, a husband, wife, they get born, they get born again. They, get, they become one. Okay? In the sense of get married. They say, I do. The minister says, I pronounce you man and wife. Whatever. Now, they're one. They're a unit. They're a team. But, <coughs> they need to grow in that oneness. This is, this is a, a, a kind of like a picture of the church. Of our relationship with Jesus. We need to grow in our oneness with Him. Like we grow in our relationship with, with our spouse. And we get to know them better. The more you get to know them, the better you operate together. The more you can function well together. The more you come to know Jesus, the more you come to know what you've got in Him, the more you can function better with Him. Okay? So it's about progressing further into your union with Him. Verse 7, your spiritual roots go deeply into His life as you are continually infused with strength. Verse 8 in King James. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So now there's a warning. There's a warning to those who are saved. Okay, to us, now there's a warning. <clears throat> Beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you. Okay? <coughs> In their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness. Now think about many of the messages of the modern church. Even the old church, but church nowadays. Think about it. A lot of the messages are pulling you away from your 
the, from the fullness of Christ that we've got. And what I'm trying to show you here is you are full with, of Him. Filled with Him. But when you recognize, perceive and acknowledge that, you'll start to overflow with them. Okay? So, <clears throat> we need to be careful that through people's uh, 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 teachings and through their, their doctrine trying to infiltrate our lives, we don't allow them to pull us away from the fullness of Christ that we have. Okay? Verse 9. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him. Verse 10. The Passion puts it like this. <clears throat> For He is the complete fullness of deity living in human form. And our own completeness is now found in Him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. So we are, He is completely, uh, complete, the complete fullness of the Godhead. Okay? Jesus is completely full the fullness of the godhead and now it's saying that we are found in him and we have our completeness in him our perfection in him okay we are completely filled with god as christ's fullness overflows within us can you just see how full you are can you see how full you are so do you see yourself as someone who's broken trying to get whole do you feel broken and you're trying to get whole? Or do you see yourself as I'm complete in Christ? Because the way to experiencing wholeness in your life is by focusing in, recognizing, perceiving, acknowledging your wholeness, your perfection, your completeness in Him. And when you recognize, perceive and acknowledge that, it starts to activate in your life. You start to experience the fruit of it. Amen. <clears throat> Now, there's a couple of verses here which are really awesome after this. Now he's saying you're complete in Christ. Now he starts to give us some examples of how the, the issues of the day. Now these might not be our issues, but these could be our issues. But these, you know, you, you, you figure out what our issues of the day are. But now he goes on to say hey, that these are some of the issues that people bring up to try and make you feel incomplete and that you're not complete unless you do this. Let me ask you a question. Think about it quickly. When were you made complete? The moment you received Jesus. The, so the moment you said, I believe and I receive, you were made complete. How complete? Completely complete. <laughs> okay. But what do a lot of, um, uh, I need a nice word for it. In my head, there isn't a nice one. Um, charlatans. <laughs> what do a lot of charlatans say? You're not complete unless you. You're not complete unless you. Whatever. You fill in the blank. And that's what Paul goes on to address here. Verse 11. In whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Okay, so now he starts to say that, hey, he's, he's speaking about circumcision. And there's a, a, a true circumcision, which he's talking about, and he's using the contrast with a false circumcision, the shadow circumcision. Okay, look at it in the Passion. 
Through our union with Him, we have experienced circumcision of heart. All of the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ, the Anointed One, has done and what has accomplished for us. So what this is saying is the moment that you said yes to Jesus, you received a circumcision in your heart. The sinful nature was cut off. Okay? This is what this is saying. You know what's awesome about this? Is it shows us that the, the, the Jewish ritual of circumcision was a shadow. It was something pointing towards the reality, which is this, which we're talking about. So the cutting away off of a piece of flesh was now uh, 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 fulfilled in the cutting away of the sinful nature. But you'll still get some people who say you should be circumcised physically. You'll still get that. Why? Because they don't understand what this is saying. They don't understand that Christianity is a done deal the moment you say yes to Jesus. Now you can't do anything to perfect that except grow in your knowledge. Grow in recognizing. Grow in, in perceiving. Grow in recognizing what He's already done to you. Okay? The New Living Translation says, When you came to Christ, you were circumcised. So not after you came to Christ. The moment you came to Christ. But not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. So that puts it pretty plainly. Amen? Look at verse 12. Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God, who has raised Him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, have He quickened together with Him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. Now, I'll start with the last few words there. Because it says that He's forgiven you of all your sin. Of all your wrongdoing. And yet, in a lot of religious Christian circles, what do they do? They'll tell you, yes, you've received Jesus. Yes, you're a Christian. But, you need to be forgiven. So come to confession. You know, come and sit in the little box with me. Where it'll be confidential. And you can tell me your secrets. You know, or there's modern stuff like that, you know, in, in charismatic Christianity, where they'll tell you, hey, you're, um, <clears throat> you're not complete because you've sinned. You've made a mistake. Now you need to repent. You need to confess. You need to... Now if you're sinning, stop it. It's not good. Stop it. It's not good. But what do we do? We don't need to go and sit in a box and tell someone. We don't need to, to uh, repent and confess like the, world, like the church, the charismatic church and other churches think we should. What do we do? We, can just, we need to focus in on our righteousness, focus in on our completeness. And we need to turn our eyes off of sin and onto Jesus. Amen? Amen. So let's read this in the, the Passion here. It says, For we've been buried with Him into His death. When were you buried with Jesus into His death? The moment you said yes to Jesus and you were baptized into Christ, the moment there was no water involved there. Water in the Old Testament is symbolic of Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so this is talking about being baptized into Christ by His Spirit the moment you say yes to Jesus. Okay? 
Our baptism into death also means that we were raised with Him when we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that raised Him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state and we were held in sin's grasp. But now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. So what I wanted to show you from this basically was just there's nothing that you can do to add to your completeness. There's nothing that you can do to add to your completeness. Okay? There's nothing that you can do. Fasting will not make you more complete. Physically, it will make you deplete. Okay? Fasting doesn't make you more spiritual. Okay? What makes you more spiritual? Acknowledging, recognizing, and perceiving the reality of who you are now in Christ and who Christ is in you. Because as soon as you acknowledge, recognize, and perceive that, how? Through getting into the Bible, through listening to good teaching, through coming to church. To be allowing yourself to be equipped and trained. As soon as you, rec you recognize, acknowledge, and perceive these things, you know what starts to happen? You can live at that level. Because you cannot live at a level that you cannot acknowledge, recognize, and perceive. Okay? Your knowledge determines the extent that your faith works. The more you have the right knowledge, the more you're able to see fruitfulness. The more you're going to see fruitfulness in your life. So the potential of Christ that you have is basically maturing to the fullness of Christ. But how do we do that? You're not adding to the completeness. You're recognizing, you're realizing, you're acknowledging and you're perceiving your, uh, 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 the fullness of Christ in you. Okay? You're doing that through discipleship, through receiving good teaching in a healthy church community, and through stepping out and opportunities to grow. You, know, you cannot grow as a believer without the Word. And so going to a church where there's maybe 15 minutes of teaching, even just 30 minutes of teaching, maybe just a poem and a dance, that's not going to help you grow. I, the church, one of the churches I went to growing up, sometimes we wouldn't have word, we would just sing for like two hours. And we'd walk out of there going, wow, we feel the presence, you know, that's amazing. Like we would feel like all fired up, but we were all still immature. We, we didn't know anything, you know. <clears throat> and it's probably just because the pastor didn't prepare. <laughs> Yeah, we left at what? We were trying to leave at 4.30 this morning. So we were up before 4.30 and we were ministering yesterday and all sorts of things. And so, you know, one of us was going to preach, but we had to make time for it. If a, if you're, if a pastor of a church isn't making time to get into the Word, to be able to serve a good meal, run. <laughs> Don't look back. Find a church like this one where they're, 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 your pastor's always in the Word and wanting to... To, to, to learn more, to be able to overflow more towards you. you know, another way that you, uh, you cannot grow in your, your, your knowledge to be able to acknowledge, recognize, and perceive is you cannot grow without community. You cannot grow without community. Everybody who went on the mission 
Did you experience growth because of the community at all? Yes, Dave? Bruce, where are you? You're sleeping. <laughs> Did you experience growth because of the community? Yes. We all experience growth because of the interaction with one another. Coming to church, we should experience the same. Fellowshipping with one another, we should experience the same. Amen? Now this is being spiritually minded, focusing in on who you are in Christ. Not uh, being able to quote Proverbs. <laughs> what do you think is going to help you more? Quoting the whole book of Proverbs or knowing who you are in Christ? <laughs> it's a trick question. The answer is, just in case you're still wondering, the answer is knowing who you are in Christ will help you to live a life of victory. Amen. All the wisdom you need is in your relationship with Christ, your union with Christ. It will be good to be able to quote the whole book of Proverbs, but it can't save you. And it can't tell you everything you need to know about your oneness with Christ. Ephesians 4, my last uh, verses here. Ephesians 4, 20 to 24. From the Passion. And by then, I've crammed this uh, time with, with so much that uh, you should be stuffed. So much that you don't want to eat at lunch. <laughs> Ephesians 4.20-24 to 24 from the Passion. Let me just see here. I'm going to read from 17. So this I say therefore, King, New King James, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, separated from the life of God, because of the ignorance. What are they ignorant of? The gospel, Christ in us, the mystery. Okay, Because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. How do we deal with that ignorance and that blindness? Gospel? What do we do with the gospel? Throw it at them. I tried that once. <laughs> Throwing a Bible at someone didn't work. <laughs> preaching. This is, what we, this is the ministry that we're all called to. The preaching of the gospel. The message of reconciliation. Verse 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. So, the point here I want to make is, you will walk according to your mind. You will walk according to your mind. So, is your mind set like the unbelievers, or is your mind set like a believer's suit? Is your mind focused on being spiritual, and the things of God, and, and the, the acknowledging, recognizing, and perceiving what you have in Christ, or is your mind set on the things of the world? That was this, that gentleman's problem on the phone this morning. That phone for deliverance. I told him, I was like, you better change your thinking. <laughs> and then I gave the phone back to you. <laughs> you didn't need deliverance. <laughs> oh, let me move on. <laughs> See, the point is, is yeah, um, now let's just go on to verse 20 here. We, we need to be walking like believers. Okay? That's called maturity. 
So Christians who don't act like Jesus are still Christians. But Christians who don't love like Jesus, aren't patient like Jesus, aren't kind like Jesus, Christians who aren't self-controlled like Jesus, Christians who, who don't live like that are not, not Christians. What are they? Immature. Why are they immature? Because they don't know their potential and they're not focused on their potential. So if you know your potential, if you are hearing messages about your potential, what is your potential? Jesus. Jesus. If you're hearing messages of your potential, and then you are taking time to meditate on that. What is meditation? Acknowledging, recognizing, and perceiving who you are now in Christ and who Christ is in you. What's going to happen? You're going to be able to live the higher life. Amen? Amen? I'm stealing everyone's taglines here today. <laughs> Verse 20. The passion. But this is not the way of life that Christ has unfolded within you. To live like an unbeliever. So if you see an area of your life, not your spouse's life or someone sitting next to you. But if you see an area of your life which isn't like Jesus. This is Paul's message. The Holy Spirit through Paul. His message to you today. This is not the way of life that Christ has unfolded within you. You know, he's not condemning for you, you for it. He's liberating you from it by showing you this is not your portion. He's showing you there's a better way. If you have really experienced the anointed one, who is the anointed one? And now you've received Jesus. So who is the anointed one? Okay. And heard this truth. If you've really experienced Jesus and you've really heard this truth, it will be seen in your life. Okay? The more you acknowledge, recognize, and perceive the truth of Christ in you, the more it will be seen in your life. For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. And He has taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man, the old self, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. See, if you've got uh, <laughs> sinful and deceitful desires, it's because you're delusional. You're focused on the wrong thing. It's not because you're an unbeliever. It's not because you fell out of salvation and now you need to be born again again. It's because you're delusional. You're thinking about the wrong things. So what you need to do? <clears throat> Get good teaching. Get into the Word. And then acknowledge it. That it's true about you. Recognize that this is your new reality. Perceive that this is your reality. That's called renewing your mind. And as you renew your mind, you'll start to experience transformation. Verse 23. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you. You cannot experience newness of life without revelation. Number one, the revelation of the gospel. You receive Jesus. And now you're born again. But number two, the revelation of what that salvation has now done to you. And we need to come to a deeper understanding of what it's done to us. For God has recreated you all over again in His perfect righteousness. And now you belong to Him in the realm of true holiness. Amen. So what do we need to do? What do we need to know? 
Jesus. We need to recognize, acknowledge, perceive Jesus in us. We need to see that He is our potential. We need to see that, yes, He made me a new creation, but not just to, for, to be a new creation. A new creation with a new job. <laughs> a new purpose. And that purpose is gospel. That purpose is, I've got a message. That purpose is, I've got a ministry now. I've got a mission. That purpose is, that, that as I start to live out my potential as Jesus, to be more loving, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, etc. As I start to live that out, other people will see it. It will be seen. If Jesus is real to me, it will be seen in my life. Here's a revelation for somebody this morning. The fruit of the Spirit is not for your benefit. It's for mine. Because if you are more loving, I like it. And I want to hang out with you. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit is not for your benefit. It's for your spouse's benefit. It's for your, your colleagues at work's benefit. It's for the world's benefit. Yes, you can enjoy it. But it's not the primary purpose. The primary purpose is to make you attractive. So that people will be drawn to you. So that you will have the opportunity to share the good news with them. So that they will have the opportunity to receive Christ. Amen? Let's stand together. Father, I thank you for the good news of the gospel which has made us new creations, which has given us a, a message, given us a ministry, given us a mandate. I thank you, Father, for the good things in us because of this new creation, because of the gospel that we've received. Father, I pray for each one here this morning, this afternoon nearly, that we would uh, be, just this, in this week ahead, more conscious, more aware of recognizing, acknowledging, and perceiving our new reality so that we can start to live up to that potential, which is you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that nothing, no one can hold us back from reaching our potential except ourselves. That's, I believe that's a word from God for you this morning. Nothing, no one, not a demon, not a generational curse, not the, the devil himself can hold you back from reaching your potential in Christ. You might be saying, but I'm not tithing. That cannot hold you back from your potential in Christ. You might be saying, but I'm not fasting. That cannot hold you back from your potential in Christ. What? It's only your ignorance that's holding you back from your, your potential in Christ. Now's the time to rise and shine for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. You need to realize who you are, realize what you've got. Wake up out of your slumber of just going to church, of just being a Christian uh, for your personal benefit, and realize that God has positioned you, called you for, for, for greater things, to express the fruit of the Spirit in such a way which makes you so attractive that the world wants to know Him because they see you. Thank you, Father. I believe there's a number of you here that you've made your Christian walk all about you. You've made your faith life all about you. And you've realized that it's not about you. Yes, God wants to bless you. Yes, God wants to work in your life. Yes, 
God is doing great things and awesome, but God is wanting to work through you. And you realize that this morning, and if that's you, I just want to encourage you in your heart just to repent, change your mind. And say, Father, help me not to fall back into these patterns of being self-centered with my faith. But help me to now mature past this, to grow up into the fullness of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you, there's also some of you here this morning that you have constantly been focused on how incomplete you are. And you feel like there's another step. There's something else you're missing in, in your relationship with God. And you need to just get further. You've, you've realized this morning that you are complete. Now don't go back to that mindset which says you're incomplete. The way to go, not go back is to immerse yourself in good teaching. Immerse yourself in teaching about your identity and knowing who you are in Christ. Realizing that you are complete so that you can live from a place of completeness. As you grow in this revelation, you know what will happen? What the devil's trying to do in your life won't be able to continue. Don't focus on him, just keep moving forward. And you'll see things start to change radically. Father, I just... Thank you for this uh, spiritual house here. And for Pastor Isaac and for Pastor Rebecca and for each member here. And I just thank you for the, the beautiful thing that you are doing in their midst. I thank you for the way in which they love each other, Father. I thank you for the rich feast of the word which they receive continually here. I thank you, Father, for the heartbeat of this ministry which is to reach the lost. And to help them come to an, the, the, the full, accurate understanding of truth. Now, thank you, Father, that they're going to continue to pioneer into areas. And that they're going to continue to establish churches. And that they're going to continue to broadcast your message to the nations, Father. To the people in different lands and different places. Thank you, Father, that we can be part of this and together support the work which you are doing. Through our giving, through our prayers, and even by going ourselves. We thank you, Father, for greater things which lie ahead. In Jesus' name.